Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new Flyers Daily, our first in a couple of days. We are now in our off-season schedule of Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but some things never change, and that's Mondays with Bill Melter. He joins us from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Billy, how are you? Welcome to the off-season. Yeah, uh, welcome to the off-season. Uh, it's uh, not quite off-season for the Phantoms yet. Their playoffs start this week, so that's... Uh, that's something, something you know, the local organization to uh, look forward to this week and and later, you know, later today uh, we have uh, exit day with uh, with Chuck and Torts. So uh, not not quite there yet, but obviously in terms of Flyers games, yeah. You had a Freudian slip because Chuck has been exited already. You Chuck, mean Danny? Danny, <laughs> Danny, yeah. Old habits die hard. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's coming up, and uh, we'll, of course, recap that, and I believe we're going to have interviews with both of them. Um, I was able to tape, I believe it was 16 interviews on Friday's exit day. But, Bill, where I want to start is here is because I thought there was a consistent message that was kind of relayed by the players, and I just want to get your take on it. A lot of the players, um, I don't want to say poo-pooed the idea of a rebuild and what a rebuild takes, but they kind of poo-pooed the idea of what a rebuild (laughs) is and thought, you know, is this just the player mentality of coming in next year and, you know, you got to come in, we're coming in to win and we're going to come in to push for the playoffs. Uh, I, I think so. I, I think, um, and, and obviously the younger guys who have more of a window of time were, were more thinking, okay, you know, proving, continuing to prove themselves in the league and, and uh, establish themselves as hopefully guys that, that are part of this foundation moving forward. But even some of the younger veterans kind of lean towards the, well, maybe we're not as far behind as, as people say. Um, you know, DK said it. You know, he's, he's a younger guy in his prime right now, right? Carter Hart was talking about, uh, you know, maybe it's not going to take that long. And, and obviously numerous of the older players too. I think to to an extent, it it doesn't really jibe with the message that uh, – the Torres and Danny have, uh, have tried to put out there. It's a rebuild. We're doing it the right way, which means no shortcuts, right? Yeah, but I think, but I think, <laughs> but I think there's a, a I think there's a players always want to be optimistic. I don't know that every player wants to think there's a hopeless situation. You know, they they don't they don't want to wait a number, but particularly guys who have already been through this for a number of years, right? And, and you know, well, I don't I don't want to wait four more years or, or whatever the case might be. So I, I think I think some of it is they look at the season that just passed. You figure, well, I don't know. You know, hopefully we get we get Couturier and then we get Atkinson back healthy. Um, young players continue to develop. You don't know what can happen. I mean, truthfully, I think when you look at it objectively, I think it's a while to come here. I, I think that especially because the the messaging has been really pumping the brakes that this is going to be quick. By the on the flip side, sometimes, sometimes uh, on at least on a short-term basis, a team can surprise. I mean, if you remember back when when Hexy came in, he came in talking rebuild, and you know, all of a sudden they had 96 and 98 points in two of those first three years. Mm-hmm. Now that that's because you still had that's because you still had Giroux in his prime, and you still had Vorchek in his prime. That's a different group. Yeah, but uh, but I think I think the players always want to feel hopeful. So I didn't read any signs into what direction the organization is going to take. But, you know, I, I mean, I think based off of this season, you know, there, there are still significant steps to take. But 
you know, but I, I see it from the players, from the players' point of view too. And you know, and, and one of the guys who may who may not be around next year, depending on how depending on how the offseason goes, is is Ivan Provorov. But but when he said, you know, when you hear rebuild, it's not necessarily the best news from a player standpoint. I think he was being truthful with that. I, I don't think players like to hear that. Yeah, and not only that, but you know, it's been a couple of years that they've been in the murky middle. So yeah. he feels like maybe that's wasted time. And and look, we can't you can't fault players for not liking it because you know they have got one career. <laughs> they don't yeah. get another kick at the can at their 23-year-old year, 24-year-old year. These are important years for them to try and set themselves up for a lifetime of earnings as well. So um I, I don't blame the players for being perturbed by it at all. And you know, I think sometimes players have that mentality too because they got to go into an offseason of training. And how do you yeah. push yourself if you're pushing yourself towards a goal of nothing in a lot of ways of just taking an organizational step forward? I think that's hard to do. Um, one of the guys that did stop a little short too, Bill, um, was the goaltender in Carter Hart. Um, you know, there's the question out there that will he want to be here through a rebuild? And based on the response I heard, it wasn't to me the most solid response that, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the long term. Because he, he does have a contract that's up after next year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, and then it sounded like wait and see to me. Yeah, that's that, that's very much what it sounded like to me. And uh, you know, he's he's not unrestricted in a year, but then then you're in that that short term bridge that walks that walks you to UFA. So, um, you know, I, I think it's definitely wait and see. And if we're a year from now, the the outlook looks better, looks closer. Um, then maybe things change. I, I think right now, if direction directions heading is a long term thing. It, it could be that you know you're you're basically walking the UFA sets and you're making that decision in the near future than you than you might want. And also, you, also you're figuring. Also, you have to figure out not just not just term, but but cap it too, because if you're committing long term, you know then then you're paying him you're paying him to a level where. You know, if you're asking Carter Hart to sign on for a rebuild for a number of years, right? Um, he's he's going to he's going to get compensated, not just like a, a guy who's giving up potential UFA years, but a guy who's you know who's it's hazard pay in a way yeah. because you're you know you're really I mean you look at the number of games this year where uh, particularly early on when the Flyers were winning they were winning mostly because Carter Hart was just standing on his head. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, and and so there there are a lot of things that they're tied in with that. So I think that I think they go another year out and they look at it again. But but no, I, I didn't I didn't get that sense from a lot of those guys that, that are kind of nearing that phase of their career. Um, and he like uh, Scott Lawton chose to be here and he wants to be here and he's, but but even so, you know, even so, I think he realizes that uh, hey, again, you only you only get you only get so many years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and and the Flyers, the Flyers might come to a point where, hey, they're they, they didn't come to that point when he could have been unrestricted a couple of years ago, but now he's a couple of years older, and you go, well, you know, if somebody comes and blows you away. He's that kind of, you know, two way player and, and leadership guy that a lot of teams look for. Maybe somebody overpays, and would they overpay to a level you would you would do it? Probably not, but you never know what can happen. So I, I think the Flyers are really going to be, you know, we have we have that group when uh, Torts has talked about subtraction, 
But I think there may be some surprises in there along the way too. It all it all depends on how things shake out. But uh, I, I think it's just going to be an absolutely fascinating offseason because almost nothing is totally off the table. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Lawton. I I can think of four teams off the top of my head that would be yep. prime suitors for him. I mean, you look at Colorado. Uh, Boston might be a team. Dallas is a team. These are all teams that could use a versatile forward that can play center, can play wing. Uh, you know, he's not going to play. He, his numbers probably are higher than they're ever going to be. He played power play this year. Yeah. And, you know, he got some power play points. Is, is that going to be in his cards for the future? You know he's a player that Torts doesn't want to lose. But in a rebuild, I guess there's no, you know, there's no safe bodies at that point. Um, you know, one of the things too, Bill, is – you know, Kevin Hayes, his availability, I thought was interesting. Kevin Hayes and Provorov were the two really ones that popped to me. And we could do them individually. But it, it seemed to me in the way Hayes spoke that not only does he know he's not going to be back here, but it sounds like he almost knows where he's going <laughs> to yeah. me. Like a deal yeah. has been consummated. It's just a matter of it, you know, going through NHL registry at this point, And that'll happen around the draft. Um, the obviously the the rumors have been a team like Columbus. Did you get the same impression when it came to Hayes? No, I, absolutely. The, that uh, not only not only is expecting it, but he, he kind of knows how it's going to play out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, and how many times you put out there that hey, that's, it's their decision. The I saw the writing on the wall. I know I know it's going. He no longer has a no trade. So you know, like, so. He, and it would be a place he'd accept going into anyway. So it, it, it would, it, uh, you know, it seems that the die is already kind of cast with that. It's just, just a matter of working on particulars, how much salary you're eating. Cause you're not, you're not dealing that whole contract. So yeah, I, I, I definitely, I strongly got that sense. I also got the sense that a lot of teammates were almost kind of saying goodbye. They, they were even unsolicited. They were talking about, Oh, well, when I came, when I came here, Kevin Hayes was, one of the guys who welcomed me, this, this was that about Hazy. Yeah, I thought so too. That, yeah, and that, that's often a goodbye. So, yeah. yeah, it was subliminal in nature, but um, I, th- I thought it was there as well. I, I kind of felt the same. That's funny that you said that. Um, how will we look back on the Kevin Hayes tenure in Philadelphia if that is it? And we presume that it is. I mean, he's a guy that was brought in because, um, you know, Nolan Patrick couldn't go that year. They knew that, and they had to go into free agency. They traded for his rights. I remember, you know, I got tipped off that his agent was bringing him in, him into town to to look at the facilities and everything, and trying. They were the selling process had begun, but um, you know, you look at it and you know had some good years, put up some good numbers. His first year was great. I mean, For people sure. were like, "Wow, look at this!" I mean, the penalty killing and ragging the puck and all of this stuff. Um, but overall, I mean, I guess the contract is what it'll be the overriding, you know, message. Or and problem is too is. You know, the lasting memories t- tend to be the strongest. No, for sure. Um, this year was such an odd year because he was at a point per game through November, but yeah. nobody was all that happy. You know, um, like Torch is vocally unhappy with, uh, you know, with Kevin's defensive play or, or lack thereof in, in uh, Torch's mind. And, and also, also, just setting set an example for the way he wanted the team to play in terms of the energy, the obvious energy you're you're expending, you know the, those kind of things. And um, you know, I mean, it it started out with uh, it started out with Tort saying, you know, Kevin is a player that I'm really looking forward to working with more than maybe more so than anybody else, thinking he could maybe 
mold Kevin in a way towards being one of those guys who examples of the you know the identity standard whatever again whatever terminology you want to use and then he kind of saw that it wasn't that way um and you know i mean listen we, we, we you know we've all dealt with kevin he's a laid-back guy kind of you know good good sense of humor all, all those kind of things and you can see why his teammates like him and he's been productive um in stretches right his first year was productive the first half of the season was productive even even the latter third of last season when he finally got healthy after all those surgeries, yeah, um, you know, was productive. Um, but there was you know, there are always some trade offs that that were involved in that. And uh, other than the first year, there's never a full season when he really kind of put it together all year. Um, and then of course there's all the you know all the the family stuff, which was just heartbreaking with his brother's passing and yeah, you know, all the rest of that. So so you know he's been he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot here. I, I think when I think when you look back at it, it it's um, given the amount of term that was on the contract, given that it's going to end up eating salary for three years. Um, you know, you you can't view it as a successful tenure. Um, and, and all I would say is that it, it's for reasons that are somewhat out of his control and, and somewhat you know somewhat you can. Uh, you can tie to tie his level of play. It, it, it stretches during that time too. So, uh, like like with many things with the team, but I, but I, I do think that it's uh, probably for the best for everybody to move on at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, I think that you know, there's there's like two sides to Kevin Hayes. There's a side that does press conferences, and he's very subdued. Um, yeah. and and it's unfortunate because a lot of his tenure, you know, after, during his first year, it was cut short. A lot of his tenure was with the pandemic and a lack of availability to him. And I think people failed to get to see there's another smile to his face that people didn't get to see. Yeah. I've seen it because I've kind of been behind that curtain and and back there and the way he interacts with teammates, you would never be able to really know what that's like based on his tenure. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and a lack of availability to get there back there, to have those kind of, features to sh- to show people what he's why his teammates really like him there's a different kind of smile that comes onto his face around his teammates than when he does even just with the media or off the ice so um sure that that that's that's one of the things i think is regrettable as well um with his tenure here because I, I, it's two different people to me when i see him with his teammates i'm like oh my god now i see why they love him you know what i mean and because he is he's he's a threat and uh, you know, the other the other Kevin's just very subdued. But anyway, um, let's move on to Ivan Provorov because uh, last year's availability at the end of the year, Bill, was far different than this year's availability. Yeah. Um, it really felt like he matured in a big way in, in the way he handled the media this year. And maybe the criticism wasn't the same this year that it was prior. Maybe it was a bad day. I don't know. Um, but what was your takeaways from Provorov meeting with the media? Because I was really shocked by it. Yeah, I, I I thought I thought this uh, I, I thought this year. I mean, l- last year I think Ivan came in just spoiling for spoiling for a fight. Yeah, he was <laughs> in there to pick one. Yeah, yeah, I, he he basically picked it. I mean, he was asked an innocuous question and intentionally went. I mean, it was his opportunity to go off. Yep. Right. It was a very frustrating year for him and and whatever and you know, I mean, and I said anybody who knows Jordan Hall knows he's not a confrontational, you know, start something kind of guy. And he only asked him to assess his season. So 
You know, it, uh, Ivan wasn't, I don't think, mad at, uh, at Jordan. He was just the, the easy, convenient target to, to, to uh, let loose in the media. But th- this year, I thought that actually Ivan tried to be diplomatic, honestly. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, I, he, he, yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought, I thought he was, he didn't sugarcoat anything. You know, when he was asked about his relationship with Torts, he didn't say it was good. As a matter of fact, he said that, you know, he basically said that the reasonable people can come to can come to understandings. So we didn't totally close the door, but he he didn't say it was he didn't he didn't say that in his mind it, it was a positive relationship, which is stuff we've been hearing all year anyway. That yeah. uh, that the torch the torch like Provorov Provorov didn't necessarily like torts. That, that's uh, you know that that I think is a fair assessment of, of how things played out. Um, when he was asked about does he want to be here through a rebuild, you know. I mean, he said that that's not something players want to hear. That's not good news. I came in in a rebuild. Yep. And uh, which was just true. I mean, he was a centerpiece when Hexy was, re- was rebuilding. He was supposed to be the centerpiece of the blue line part of part of the rebuild. Um, you know, with guys like like Sandheim and Robert Hag and all those other guys the Flyers would use first and second round picks on. That was supposed to be the bull the blue line for the next 10, 15 years. Um, you know, so I I I, I could see his his side on it. But again, by the same token, I don't think he—I don't think he deliberately burned any bridges. I thought—I thought there was a there was a maturity and a, a measured nature to to his responses this year, and um, you know, and I thought that I thought there was offering some insight in there too. We're talking about you know talking about you know you lose some all situation players, some veterans, Couturier all year, Atkinson all year. You're going to have struggles in the power play, especially when you're not the deepest team. It's uh, well, and on the penalty kill too. I mean, it, it was it was going to be felt. So, you know, I, I thought that it, I thought that it, that it was uh, much more productive than a year ago. Um, yeah. But I but I didn't walk away with it feeling like okay, this is a guy's going to be back necessarily either. I mean, I I think I think that's still all very much up in the air. Yeah, I agree. Um, to me, I put him. I mean, I, I'm not even. I can't even go coin flip on him. I think it's more leaning towards not coming back than it is coming yeah. back. I would say about, you know, 75 that percent that he would that he's going to move this off season. Um, the last guy in particular I want to ask you about is Cam Atkinson. Um, I love talking to Cam Atkinson. I know you yeah. do too. Cam is just such a good guy, right? And the, we didn't know the extent of what he was dealing with. I remember. In training camp, he was day-to-day, and he was trying to work through something, trying to get answers. And then, you know, he got back with the team. He went on that road trip. It looked like he could return at any minute. And then all of yeah. a sudden, it was, boom, he's done for the year, having surgery. And we come to find out the whole situation that he was going through. He had a lot of atrophy in his tricep uh, from the from the problem in his cervical spine. Um, what did you think about what Cam had to say and the prospect of his future? It, sound, it sounds like he's healthy and going to be good, but – Things can sound good, but not necessarily be true. Yeah, and I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna know until he plays. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, and uh, even after he plays and he's healthy, does he hold up? Those those are all kind of delicate injuries, and you know, I he, he's always been a small guy who plays big. So you have you have to see how how he holds up. Um, well, he he got really. I think he surprised himself with how choked up he got. At one point of that, because because he was really wondering, is this it? Am I going to retire? And and he started to get emotional when he was talking about that. Um, the this whole the whole medical saga here is 
you know, uh, I think we had a glimmer of it, but when we understood the full extent of it, um, it was it was kind of almost almost something hidden within his, his press conference because you know we're, we're mainly thinking of the hockey team and he and here it is, you know now now I thought it shed some light on uh, why Torch, who he's close with, went in so heavily on the training medical staffs. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, because Torch really, you know, really went after those the the previous regime and even even talking about how there were, you know, still still certain things that are work in progress. That became clear with yeah. uh, after after Cam's press conference. All, all, all I'll say is that, uh, you know, I think it the most telling thing to me that, that he said was that he'd go to four different people and get four different opinions. Yeah. And uh, that, that I, I, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Um, you know, I, I and, you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to unpack. Okay, what's medical staff? What's training staff? I think I think sometimes that gets confused in people's minds too. But the just the point being that not maybe not past generations of players, maybe not not even players from the recent past, but the in the immediate past and last season particularly, it was a mess. There was a mess, and uh, I, I I don't even know don't even know you know. I I don't think pointing fingers is is productive. But clearly, if there's not trust, then then you've got trouble, and uh, that that that's one of those things that uh, you know that something that absolutely had to be dealt with, and it doesn't sound like they're totally out of the woods yet, but it sounds like they're at least taking steps in that direction. And and as for the hockey side of it, um, I mean, Atkinson to seventy five percent is still still an upgrade on this team. Yeah, and. And just the character that he brings too, and the leadership that he can bring. And you can't bring that leadership when you're not playing. You just can't do it. You have to be, you know, a player on the ice to be able to do that. Um, Bill, last thing for this episode, um, you know, I'm looking back at this year and I'm thinking about him going, you know, the, the biggest element of this season was John Tortorella. There's no doubt about it. it. It's, it was the finding out who's who and what's what. And boy, we found out some, really useful information, I think, to move forward. And in my opinion, I think we found out some guys, you know, more guys exceeded my expectations than way more than I thought would, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest with you. You know, when I look at obviously Tippett and Morgan Frost and, you know, some of the young, Cam York, I, he hit some rough patches toward the end. And I think he hit a wall a little bit. Um, but there's a lot more players that I thought Noah Cates had an unbelievable year. This guy played all 82 games, and he played the hardest minutes in the league. I mean, one of my biggest highlights of this entire season is that 2-1 shootout win over Edmonton, where I believe he announced himself to the elite players in the league that he's going to be a guy that's going to have to deal with them, and and he's damn good at it. So, you know, uh, overall, I think Torts is the residing biggest theme of the season, but I think a lot of guys jumped out and – Maybe you know when we really catch our breath here, we can kind of really unpack who who is who and who what is what, for lack of a better term. Now, for sure, I, I think that um, in the positive direction, you you definitely have guys who came in the year. Are they are they contributors? Are are they guys who are going to be here 
long term? Are, are they, you know, what exactly are these players? And um, I mean, all the guys you mentioned. I mean, there's no a case looked really good at the end of the last year, but he was still totally unproven. Yeah, it was this year, games. not only not only did he show he, he's uh, a really darn good, you know, shutdown center who can play anybody. Yeah, I mean, did, you know, and, and I thought it was interesting too because Katori expressed some interest in playing with uh, with Cates. That 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 if Cates moves back to a wing, to me is an intriguing possibility. Uh, I, I know I know Torch loves him at center. I think what Cates Cates and on a, on a wing with Katori. That's one hell of a shutdown line right there. There's also a 200 foot line. They could score too. Yeah. Um, get get some speed on the other wing, and then all of a sudden you're on to something. Um, that, that's obviously taking taking the leap of faith that Couturier is healthy. Um, you know, uh, like like Frost, not just in, not just after New Year's, but you can take it all the way back to December 7th. From December 7th to the end of the year, Frost led the team in scoring. Um, so that it wasn't just a little two week surge here, or whatever. You know, he, he stepped up to another level. Um, obviously, obviously, Tippett, um, really, really in terms of just not just not just the statistical side of it, but just in terms of his overall game of, of using his speed of just kind of discovering a whole other level to his game. Um, he certainly did that, and, and there's room to get better still. So the, these are all guys who, to me, they they, they all answered questions. Um, you know, there were and, and other guys took took baby steps in that direction. Um, uh, I, I think Wade Allison took baby steps in that direction, as an example. Yeah, and and it's a you know obviously there's always the health question marks with him, but so I I think that if you look at the look at things by the end of the year, yes you're gonna have have the subtractions, and I don't know, I don't know what that's gonna translate to immediately, mm-hmm. but but I do think that in terms of guys that they can you know the younger guys who if they can can take that next step. Uh, step Bob. Now all of a sudden you have a you have a core. Now you have to have the main. You have to have the the centerpiece, and they don't have that yet. And we'll see what this draft bears and, and that kind of thing. But um, to me, though, to me, those are questions that were answered affirmatively. And um, you know, and there certainly is there certainly is a lot of room for uh, for another leadership group to step up because they're they're moving a lot of veterans out. It seems. Yeah. Yeah, and that'll provide a lot of oxygen that needs to be absorbed by these younger players. And I think that's one of the reasons why Torch isn't going to name a captain. I think he wants it to happen organically and um, through the young core. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I thought I thought some of the younger players more stepped up than than I. If I would have said, "Hey, if only blah 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 step up," that's that's a good successful. But I, I think that they did way more than that. So that's a good thing. And plus, I look at obviously the reemergence of Travis Konechny, who was simply unbelievable right to the final game of the year. So, I mean, a three-point night to be, become over a point-per-game player uh, for Travis Konechny after the last couple of years that he's been through, I think, is is an unto- is a really underrated story about this season as well. And the way I think that he and Torts got on the same page after he was benched for that third period against San Jose in October. I remember Torts telling us, eh, Travis came to see me. The players don't have to. From right. my understanding, they had a real good conversation at that meeting. And Travis was off to a good start, but took off even further from that point on. We'll wrap it up there, Bill. We'll have plenty to get to in the offseason. We've got plenty of interviews, which we'll be getting to everybody as well. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, we'll recap 
um, Danny Briere and John Tortorella's media availability as well. Who knows? Maybe one of them will join us for Wednesday's episode. But in the meantime, read Bill's work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday on a brand new Flyers Day.